check, check, mic check. to those guys for coming on and making this show happen. Thanks to you guys. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let's talk some Supercross. Round five of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross coming up this weekend in Glendale, Arizona. New stadium. Brand new stadium. Goes outside. Good track. Long start. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Fly Racing's light hydrogen gear has revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel inspired by Canard and Shorty. The light hydrogen line has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard in what athletes expect at a racewear. Light hydrogen, look for light hydrogen in a supercross near you. For more information, check out flyracing.com. Follow them on social media at flyracingusa. I, I, I strongly suggest following them on uh, social media. So, uh, lots of good stuff on there. We're going to give away a Fly Racing F2 carbon helmet with MIPS technology today. That's right, a helmet. A real good bitchin' one. You can pick either uh, the Canard, the Shorty, or the brand new Weston Pike Viking replica helmet. It's up to you. We're just going to give it away to a lucky caller. That's right. And we got two tickets to Glendale to give away um, for this weekend. So if you want two tickets to, to uh, Glendale Supercross, call in. If we like your question, we may give them to you. Courtesy of the folks at NFAB, n-fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. And uh, they've, they've got Jeep, truck, or SUV parts, light steps, light mounting solutions, bumpers. You name it for trucks. These guys make it. They make it for a ton of different vehicles. And it's uh, all out there. And, and Thomas and all the boys down at NFAB, huge supporter of the sport. They, uh, they sponsor the JGR team, of course. They sponsor the M-Pro Yamaha team, n-fab.com. NFAB made the MX designations happen for Barsha and the JGR guys last year. That's all you need to know about them. So step up if you've got a Jeep, truck, or SUV. And, of course, flyracing.com. They make much more than gear, by the way. So check out. I, ch- I strongly suggest you check out flyracing.com because the website's phenomenal. Uh, Jason Thomas from uh, Fly Racing will be on to talk some Glendale. And Jeff Emig, perhaps you heard of him, multi-time AMA Supercross Motocross champion. The great Jeff Emig will join us as well. And, of course, we'll take your calls at 702-586-7857. Excuse my voice. It's been a rough week for me. But I'm going to trudge, trudge along and try to do my best. Taking your calls, producing the show, still has a glow about him, about Ryan Dungey's recent uh, run here. The Tis Legendary. I don't know if this glow's ever going to go away, to be honest with you. <clears throat> He's unstoppable right now. Seems like it. He looks really good. Really good. Did you hear my interview with him after, uh, after Oakland? Of course. Happy. He's happy. He said. He said, see you next week, buddy. He did? Yeah. Was it on the interview? 
You you mentioned that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah, somewhere yeah. on it, but yeah, um, yeah. See you next week, buddy. Again. Last time you mentioned that was when he was in another really good place and you know, yeah. taking on the championship. So yeah, uh, you know, like if he's saying, if he's telling me, see you next week. He's feeling good. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Uh, tits Legendary will take your calls. We're going to give away a helmet, Tits, at Weston Pike Replica. You saw that. Fly Racing launched it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't have the replica helmet, but I have the new you know, carbon with the mix yeah. and everything like that. I've not yet crashed on it, so I can't speak for the actual technology, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty amazing helmet, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, and, uh, and we're going to give away two tickets to Glendale, folk, courtesy of the folks at NFAB. And, uh, so give us a call, 702-586-7857. Uh, Jason Thomas will be on and uh, and Jeff Hemming. So we're looking forward to that. Let's take it to get right to the lines right now. We've got a few lines open. Mark, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling the show. What's your question? Yeah, thanks. So quick question. I noticed in the Oakland pits, Dungy had tire warmers on his bike. Yeah. And I was curious if that's just to cover up what tire he's running or to no. actually hold heat in the tire for the starts or something. Yeah, they, they started doing this uh, – Three, four years ago, the tire warmers are out now, and um, a lot of teams do warm the tires inside the trucks. They were doing that for a long time, I guess, to keep it secret, and then they would throw the tires on before the bike went down there. Some teams just say, screw it, and they put the warmers on. Did you see the warmers? They were The tires were on the bike when you saw it? Yep, on the bike, and only a rear. And I guess I was curious because... You know, in road racing, you're going to hold heat in the tire for the whole race. Mm-hmm. But in motocross, I would think you're going to lose quite a bit of that heat. So I was thinking maybe it's just for the start. Yeah. Maybe to get yeah. a little bit of traction off the gate. Well, you know, the race tires are pretty much are a lot softer than the tire you would buy. Um, you know, they're for one use only. So they might hold they might hold heat a little while longer. But I don't know. To me, I'm I'm kind of thinking I don't know how much it matters, you know. Um, right. Tomac has oil, has warmers on for the air, the on his KYB air forks, he, so the air doesn't try to change as much. Um, right. So we got we got fork warmers, we got tire warmers. It's ridiculous if you ask me a little bit, but hey, I'm not the one doing it. Um, because you the guys sit down there for a long time before the heat, like you know they don't just run to the line and start the race. So if you're warming your air and your forks and you're warming your tire. I wonder how much it stays warm, you know? I, I just, I don't know. You're, you're there for yeah. so long before you have to drop the gate. You got to roll down in the tunnel. You got a stage. You sit there for a while, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've done it a hundred times, hundreds of times. You're down there for 30 minutes before the, before the gate drops sometimes, you know? So right. aren't you, you know, doesn't that seem kind of like a defeated thing? In road race, the tire warmers are on while the guys are on the tarmac. So... Right, and they're keeping you know friction, so they're going to keep the heat in the tires. I just don't think yeah. the tires staying warm throughout the race. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. All right, thanks for the call. Cool, thank you. Yep, thank you. Seven zero two five eight six. We've got a few lines open. Seven eight two seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We're going to give away a Fly Racing F two carbon helmet with MIPS technology. You can pick a Pike short or Canard replica. This man might know a little bit about it. JT, what's up? How's everything at FlyRacing.com? Uh, it's all good. Just uh, working away here. We headed are to ge- Phoenix tomorrow. We are Glendale. You're heading to Glendale. No, I'm headed to Phoenix, but then I'll go to Glendale on Saturday. We got a very strict email this week. It is to be called the Glendale Supercross, which sounds lame, but whatever. Um, yeah, it is what it okay, is. Okay, so we're giving away an F2 carbon with helmet with MIPS technology, a Pike short or canard replica. Which one do you like the best, you yourself, and which one do you think the which helmet will the winner pick? Um, 
You know, the Pike replica is based off of the Zoom graphic, which is our newest graphic, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so <clears throat> I like the I like Weston's colors, uh, but there's a couple of other colors of the Zoom graphic that maybe I like better. So um, it's, it's not like Weston's design is just completely different than what we had. Um, it's just... I just like the different color maybe than his. Oh, okay. So which one do you like? Um, if I probably had to pick, I like the, uh, there's one that has um, some red, white, and like high-vis in it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, red, blue, and high-vis in it. That's Canard, right? Um, Canard? No, Trey has his own replica. That's a completely different graphic. No, I'm asking which replica do you like? Short, Canard, replica Pike? Replica only. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would say Weston's. Okay. All right. Which one do you think the winner will choose? Uh, if he only gets to pick replicas, then I would say Weston's probably. Okay. All right. And that launched uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. So, uh, Yeah, just last weekend. Yep. Um, all right. Hey, so uh, Glendale Supercross coming on up. New stadium. You think – I'm going to ask Fro the same question. He's a racer like you were. Uh, Tomac won last year. Do you think that really matters to him? It's a different stadium. You don't have the vibes. Like Chad, you know, I brought up with Chad, hey, yeah, you're good at Jack Murphy or Qualcomm, I should say. But this is Petco, and he hasn't won there yet. And he was like, nah, it's the city. It's the vibe. I'm good. And um, But what do you think? I think a little bit. You know, I think uh, for me, um, I didn't really have the same vibe as much with Supercrosses. And if I did, it was more because of the dirt. So with that in mind, maybe so, because the dirt was, was key for me. Uh, there was more outdoor races. Some of the East Coast Supercrosses, like Atlanta and mm-hmm. Indy, but it always came back to the dirt for me. So, um, like Troy, Ohio, you know, Bud's Creek. When I got off the plane, I just like, oh, man, you know, the dirt oh, here is amazing. Geez. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel comfortable and be able to be aggressive. Uh, so, with that in mind, maybe so. Um, it's going to be a different feel, though. The stadium is going to look completely different. The hotel is going to be different. All that's going to, you know, the pits are going to feel completely different mm-hmm. because, you know, Chase Field's pits are so unique. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I, you know, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, maybe it'll finally put to rest whether it's the dirt or just the overall vibe. But that you know um, you, gives these guys a comfort feeling. Speaking about Tomac, you told us uh, a few times on the Racer X podcast show that you want to give him four races before you know he double shoulder surgery, new bike. You want to mm-hmm. give him four races before you know not 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 panic button, but questions. I'm. I'm a little more um, hardcore than you. I think there's there is a bit of an issue. See, I don't really think so. I think okay. we, he's shown he's shown steady improvement. I, I think every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the first Anaheim, and I, I know you, we've talked about this, but the first practice at the first Anaheim, I was like, "Holy cow!" They may want to huddle up and and <laughs> you know try this again uh, because he looked just. I mean, honestly, he looked terrible. And then, you know, the result wasn't too bad. I think he was fourth the first weekend. Yeah, 4-4-4. Four, 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 uh, four, yeah, and yep. he's just gotten better and better. You know, and he, he should have gotten um, maybe second, definitely third at Anaheim 2. Uh, you know, he crashed the last lap there. Uh, and then last weekend, I, I'm not really sure what happened in the main event, but, mm. you know, in, in his heat race, he, he won his heat race, which is, you know, obviously better than what we've seen from him. Uh, so I thought he was on kind of the right track there. And then the main event, I just I don't have enough inside info on, on his situation to know what exactly went on. Uh, the, maybe you talk to him. The strange thing, I, I, strange thing for me is the, <clears throat> the inconsistency with him. Like this week he had, a, okay, well, Anaheim 2, he was 11th after the second practice. Then he was fixed mm-hmm. a little bit better. Then he ran up front in the main, right? Like right. guys like that just don't get 11th, right, like in a time practice, unless they crash. 
But, yeah. So I, I personally, I attribute that, and I know what you're talking about. I, I agree. I, I attribute that to uh, a new bike and, and new settings and new team. And, and I think they're still trying new things on race day. I, I, I really do. I think that's, you know, that's why they're having meetings late into the night after Supercross, you know, races. And, and we talked about this in yeah, our preseason stuff. You didn't let me finish. Well, you didn't let me, you didn't, you're not letting me finish right now. So well, you didn't let me finish first. Okay. Please continue. <laughs> I, and then he wins a heat. So this weekend he didn't, they're in uh, Oakland. He didn't have a great practice. Then he won the heat, which is good. Like you said, great. Mm-hmm. Then main event is poor uh, in Anaheim too. one bad practice. And then a, a good main event. You know, like you said, you would have been on the podium. Maybe he, he might've even got chat for a second. Um, it's just like up and down in one day, you know? Right. But, yeah. but don't you think that's maybe due to trying things? Which they, you know, in yeah. a in a perfect world, he would have been riding in, you know, right after the season ended in August. He would have been made the switch, maybe even secretly, um, instead of not riding to October or November. Even he, I think he started yeah. like right yeah. at the end of October. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so I just think. Uh, no, sorry, uh, I just was going to say I I just think that they're still looking for that magic combination and don't forget they're they're working with a new chassis so it's not like they can just pull from this data they used Mm -hmm. to have and say oh this is you know you're feeling this rv felt this uh davy whoever felt this and maybe we could try this it's a different a different bike and and the bike responds differently to situations and and a different rider because i think eli rides the bike uh much differently than most guys do dude i think he's got to win soon i do well, I think as long as he because keeps he's showing gonna, he's improvement. Gonna, he's going to start questioning himself and the bike and everything. Well, I'm sure they're already questioning. I'm yeah. sure he's already questioning the bike. Yeah. I don't think it's whether it's capable or not. It's just, you know, right. what what the setting needs to be. Uh, but I don't really, I don't, I'm not as, uh, yeah. you know, as aggressive okay. on the panic button as you are. Just because I've seen him get better and better. And, and yes, the, the result is not what they want yet. But, you know, at Anaheim 1, he wasn't going to win the heat race. You know what I mean? So it's just gotten... I've seen more and more, um, you know, he won the heat race easily right. this past weekend, and I fully expect him to be on the podium. So whatever happened there, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, this race he won last year. So if he goes out this weekend again in the main event, he's running around fifth and sixth and Dungey and Roxon and whoever is out front are gone, uh, then I would be much more inclined to jump on that bandwagon with you. Um, yeah. It, 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 uh, last weekend's track was a perfect track for him in the sense that there was traction. It was loose outdoors-ish, he can come into the turns and just grab that throttle like he's used to. You know, he mm-hmm. kind of rides a little bit like RV, not off the back, but as far as being a dude who just pins it in turns, you know, and carries yeah. speed. Yeah. And last week was a great track for that. Uh, I, so, I 100% yeah. agree, and I tweeted as much uh, during the day. Yeah. Um, all right, the lines are full. We'll get to those in, in a second. Um, Trey Kennard, game race day decision, race time decision, right? That's what we're hearing right now about his hand. Yeah, I think uh, he he was supposedly going to ride press day today mm-hmm. and uh, see how that went, um, and then they're just going to take it you know day by day and hour by hour because I I honestly don't think anyone knows, including Trey, how it's going to respond. And um, no no different than football, you know these guys. If you ask them on Thursday, they don't know because mm-hmm. there's still 24 hours of therapy and rehab and swelling and all these things that go on. Um, to make him, you know, whether he's good or not, because it wasn't like he was way off, capable being capable of racing last weekend. Right. You know, he was, yeah. 
he just didn't feel comfortable doing it. So he's still in that same spot where it's like it's probably going to be kind of iffy, and uh, I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, we're absolutely dialed. I think he's yeah. going to go, oh, I think it's good enough. We'll give it a shot. That's you know, If we see him out there, I think that's what it's going to be like. You know, we talk about Tomac a little bit, and, you know, four 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 seven after four rounds, and we're like, oh, who knows. Trey's in that boat. You work for months in the off season to get ready for this season, and you're working with your trainer, Dean, and Tim Ferry, and you're traveling, and you're testing, and you're putting so much work into this, and literally, four rounds into this series, it is almost a write-off for Trey Kennard. He can ho- hope for race wins and podiums, but as far as being a week-to-week guy, it's done and, and for the title, and that's just, I mean, God, that's got to suck for him, the team, everybody, and I've been there as a mechanic. I don't know if Ferry was ever on the level of Trey. He doesn't have any career wins, you know, but Literally early in the year, you're like, oh, we're done. You know, it's 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 the way the sport is, but heartbreaking for sure. Yeah, I think you know at A2, obviously, you know, with the DNF, you're like, oh man, we're really up against it now to even pull anything out here. Um, and then when you make that decision Saturday to not race, you're basically, you know, any any chance of a good result in the championship is done at that point. So uh, I'm sure they knew. Um, when he decided to pull out for the night's racing, that it was basically a done deal, you know, uh, long term yeah. for the season. So, mm-hmm. um, just a yeah, bummer, but, though. Yeah, yeah, but like anything, you know, with HRC, they want to win. So I'm sure they're just going to refocus their goals and say, hey, every weekend is uh, a chance to win a race, you know. And uh, at the end of the year, we'll see how it turns out. We're not even worried about that. Let's just go. Let's worry about today. Um, but with Cole Sealy, you know, they're not they're not too far out of it. Cole no. was, shoot, I thought he was going to win the first race of the year halfway yeah. through it. So uh, he was third place in the points last year, and uh, he's not, you know, too far away from that right now. I believe he's fourth, maybe fifth. Yep. Um, so, shoot, if, they they still have a horse in the race. If you're Dan Bentley, it could be worse. You could be uh, Yoshimura Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody envies the spot that Yoshimura Suzuki's oh. in and has been in uh, in recent years. Baggett's out for this weekend. Should only miss one race, by the way, in case you guys didn't hear the news. So, um, did you look at the track map from Glendale? Long start. We go outside the stadium. But yep. Other than that, kind of a basic track. Yeah, a lot long rhythms. Uh, a lot of um, kind of triple, triple type sections. Uh, out of one berm, triple into another berm type stuff. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was fairly basic, you know. But the one, the one thing that that can change all that is the angle of the jumps. You know, mm-hmm. they can make some really, really tough rhythm sections, uh, or they can make them really easy, just depending on how steep they want to make things. So, um, you know, I, I try to look at the track maps with an open mind because I've I've looked at some tracks and said, holy cow, this is going to be the easiest track we've ever raced on, mm-hmm. and then one drop yeah. of the bucket in the right spot and you can you start making the track sure. really really tough and people are just yard sailing all over the place mm-hmm. uh, but as far as the whoops go they look to be really really tame and, and i fully expect that usually from phoenix you see fairly easy whoops all right let's get to some phone calls lines are lit up for you jt gibbs what's going on how are you uh good good boys just still up here in the arctic circle fly racing um, moto 60 show I'll, reaching all the way to the arctic circle yeah, yeah. All right, I had, I had two questions now, one for you, Steve, and one for JT, but I'll get to JT first. Um, JT, now, why don't you, as a company, why don't you guys go for more iconic ads? And when I say that, I mean, but I'm not talking about, like, back in the day, um, Bobby Orr was a defenseman. They would show his scars from his uh, knee surgeries, you know what I mean? And I know that might not be a good advertising angle in today's, world, but why don't you guys go for the grit and the determination ads, you know what I mean? Show Trey Kennard, you know, 
drenched head to toe. Like, why do you just see these blue screen ads? Um, it just it's it's a different strategy, and I don't think it's you know um, something that we always do the same type of type of ad. Uh, I know when Trey came back from his uh, you know big injury in 2011, we were pushing that very hard um, with his revival 41 and the and the documentary stuff. Um, you know, with with Weston, we've tried to kind of shine light on uh, you know how tough he is, and obviously with the the recent incident he's had. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a it's a it you try to keep stay consistent with your branding, um, you know, and and we've always kind of been the um, bang for your buck blue collar type company. Uh, so we we try to stay true to that and and show what you're getting for your money. Um, we try to we don't want to try to be something we're not, if that makes sense. Plus, so. Gibbs like Fox did the Henry thing. You want to do that again? No. You know, right? So, I mean, and and we don't want to look like we're copying anyone. You no, know what I mean? exactly. That, that was their thing, and they did it very well. You know, we we could do a dream on ad just like they did, but that, right. that was their thing. You <laughs> do know? it, so, do do a dream on, and then put like a green grass track. <laughs> right. So it, you have to kind of you know walk to the beat your own drum a little bit. Um, All right. What without, else, Gibbs? What else you got? Um, I had one for you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted you to maybe touch base on like how did the works and production rules work when say, like, around when Carmichael hopped on that RMZ, uh, that 450. Each manufacturer like, each manufacturer had uh, one year of racing to race a works bike. Um, you had a, a one-year exemption to bring in a new model. And uh, you could do it whenever you wanted. You only got to do, use it one time. Honda used it for Rhino. Ricky, yeah, RMZ, they used it for Ricky. Uh, KTM used theirs for Lance Smale back in, like, whatever year. And so they went to go use it again, and they were told, uh, yeah, you already used it, and everybody had forgotten about Lance Smale and Tom Moen back in the day. Uh, Yamaha used it with Henry, obviously, in 97. And uh, I don't know if Cowie ever used it. They must have. I don't know, somewhere along the line, but maybe not. So that's how it went. You had one year to do it. Race anything you want. So, Interesting. And just a comment, uh, JT, you impressed me for being a motocross guy. Like, you were a smart individual. I'm surprised you don't have more education. Like, just mind blown. Because no offense to I Moto guys, college for a while. They're dumb. Just dropped out to go. Oh, race. did you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had an academic scholarship oh, to go. I just uh, yeah got an offer to go race wow. and decided to do that. And I'm still on. Hi- I'm still on my hiatus from school. Yeah, you'll, you'll hit the book soon. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, thanks, Gibbs. Guys, appreciate it. Up. All right, Bye. Joey. What's up? What's your question for uh, Jason Thomas about Alden Baker? Joey, you there? Oh, yeah, sorry. Hey, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're gone, Joey. Oh. Hello? Yeah, you're back. We're there? Yep, we right. hear you. Yeah, question for JT, because I know he's pretty high on uh, Alden Baker. Oh, is he ever? Do you think it's Oh yeah. Do you think it's more Alden Baker or Ryan Dungey just getting his like competitor's old trainer who beat him four years in a row? I mean, just a confidence boost from that aspect. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to say because... I do think that Ryan Villopoto got a significant, got a significantly better when he started working with Alden. Um, I think his program got, uh, he streamlined his program a lot. He lost, you know, he lost weight, um, got much more focused and serious. Um, you know, I think he gained a mental edge too, but you know, Ryan, if Ryan Villopoto was still around then Ryan Dungey wouldn't have Alden Baker. So it's really tough to know, um, because without without one thing happening, the other wouldn't have happened. You know, the uh, the Alden Baker switch would have never would have never occurred. Uh, I think there was an, the intersection of a few things. Uh, I think Alden was was a big help. You know, uh, look how much you know Jason Anderson's improved quite a bit as well. 
but I also think the bike has improved a lot. Um, you know, the the old version to you know the 15 and a half, and now the 16 version was a was a great great improvement. Uh, anybody who's ridden both bikes could could tell you right away how much better it actually is. Uh, and then just start extrapolating that to a factory, you know, version of it, how much better they can make the factory bike. So I think that and, you know, with social life, I think uh, you can just see how much happier he is. And, and it's just all those things have kind of rolled into one. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think the Alden thing is, is hard to shy away from because you just look at his track record. That's what I can't believe is the guy just – and I know he, you know, works with the best riders and there's a case that can be made for that, but – um, it just seems like Alden brings a, an edge, um, both mentally and physically, and, and kind of takes uh, these guys and takes them to the next level. All right. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Jordan, what's going on? You want to talk about Jake Weimer on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show? Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. What's up? Good, good. I just want to see what you guys think. Uh, quickly, I have two quick questions. Um, Weimer, uh, obviously, he's right there kind of chilling at the 10th. 11th, maybe 9th for lucky um, spot. What would it take for him to maybe lock in another factory ride? You know what I mean? Like, what is his results going to need to be to maybe stay at RCH or possibly get an offer elsewhere? What do you think, JT? This is for Weimer, right? Yeah. Um, I think he needs to show some flashes. Uh, that That's the biggest thing. You know, uh, ask Josh Grant how he got a ride, you know, so many years in high-paid rides. Uh, you just have to show that you're capable of going that speed at the front uh, because as good as well as Weimer's doing. And, and I, I personally really, really like Jake. I think he's a great person and a great ambassador for the sport. He just does things the right way. Uh, but I still think he's going to need a ride where he's in contention for podium positions and maybe, you know, wins a heat race here and there uh, because that's, that's what the factors are looking for, you know, especially um, any type of leadership role. You know, I, I think if he could get, a top five, maybe even a podium, uh, that would land him one of those, the second spot, you know, basically what he was with Ryan Villapoto. Uh, but that's, that's what it takes. That's what these guys look for is you've got to show that flash of speed. That's what, that's what catches everyone's eye and, and honestly uh, makes you money. That's just what it comes down to. Cool. Thanks, Jordan. Right. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, hey, one more quick thing. Right. Um, you guys already talked about Tomac a little bit, and I heard DV last week say, something like it it has nothing to do with change and change of team and change of bike and his technique is just simply off um i mean you guys have already kind of went against that but i also just wanted to see if this guy gets a start which he hasn't got yet i mean i i can see him up there <laughs> yeah no i mean we we had a heat race at a2 where dungy rocks and tomac were in the heat race Dunge passed Roxon, but other than that, those three you could have threw a blanket over them. So if they come right. back into the turn first, you know, first one, two, three again, why not? You know, but until he gets a start, we don't know. Right. So, right, right. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Tomac there. What's that, JT? With the caller at the end. Yeah. Start with Tomac. Yeah. And I I know DV is he's really hard on guys like Barsh and Tomac that are super aggressive. But I don't know. I mean, RV was super aggressive. You know, I, I don't. He's know. also hard on Porcel, who's not super aggressive. So right, it's just right. DV being so, DV. <laughs> I think DV knows a lot, and I think he can. He is, you know, he's obviously yeah. much better than I ever was, and I think he knows a lot. But I don't. I think he contradicts himself sometimes because he's a big believer in that. There's not one perfect way to ride motocross. Right. 
Uh, and I and think, then sometimes you know, he tells you how it's, it's his right, way. right, right. He said you can't win like that, you know. Right. So, uh, so. All right, caller three on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty show. It is Justin. You want to talk about Chad Reed, Justin? What's going on? Yeah, um, I'm kind of a, a fan of like some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes on at the truck. And uh, I was at A2 watching uh, Reed on his. Uh, he puts on his cycling shoes and clips into a little stationary bike and. Him and his trainer go through a routine, and I know all the riders go through a warm-up routine, whether it's rowing or cycling or whatever. But uh, I wondered if maybe Jason had seen this, like, in person or at the practice track. It was like he would cycle kind of slow, and then it was like an intense high pace. And I know they're trying to get heart rate up and get the body warm, but I just wondered what the um, mindset behind such, like, an intense thing before – going out if there was something that that's specific for chad that he needs to get his body right and then also i think his uh his trainer is like almost a secret like no one really knows who he is or who he works for and he was wearing like a button-up flannel and a hat and jeans just like everyone else there like he's not running around in spandex and a cycling kit which i thought is super cool so like i'm mm-hmm. kind of intrigued by the whole su- su- okay system what do you there. what do you know jt uh well his trainer's uh J- named Jarrett. um he has a bicycling background but more bmx side originally but um he's worked with him indirectly for a couple of years now um and i know he just he believes in you know uh what jared can bring to the table um but i think that you know what they were trying to accomplish was just go from a very you know slow heart rate which is what he's going to have sitting on the line just adrenaline based and then you have to go to just wide open you know he's going to go from probably 60 or 70 maybe you know maybe he's a little bit higher because he's nervous 80 or 90 to 190 um within a minute you know so i think he's just trying to prepare his body for that immediate jump up in intensity uh okay when he does it again 20 minutes later or whatever his body's got a little bit of a warning that it's coming Uh, because i had i had trouble with that too going from Mm -hmm. you know jumping up 100 beats a minute immediately i would just blow up sometimes and you can't figure out why you're so tired but it's just you know you weren't you weren't really warmed up or, or prepared for it cool all right thanks man awesome thanks for the call thank you uh still looking to give away fly racing f2 carbon helmet uh either short canard or pike replica and a couple tickets to glendale so if you want to go to um glendale supercost this weekend give us a call we'll put your tickets we'll put your uh, name and we'll call courtesy of the folks at nfab we got a lot more lines coming up jeff emming also coming up so um all right, let's get to – geez, JT, lines are full. People want to talk to you. Austin, what's going on? How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. What's your question about Trey Kennard? Yeah, I'm, a, of course, a Kennard fan, and I was just wondering – well, you answered my first question about him racing this weekend, but how many years does he have left on his contract at Honda? This is the last year. He's in his last, last year right year, now. So, yep. So. Right. With him having some mishaps recently, do you think he should be worried about being replaced or – well, what do you think, JT? Obviously, I'm sure talks are going on right now. These things happen earlier and earlier all the time. So um, what's your thoughts, JT? you think he goes back, or what happens? I do. I think, uh, I think you know, Honda will want to keep him, uh, and I think he could go other places if he wanted to. Um, I, think, I don't think there's really any place that would be completely off limits to him. Uh, the biggest thing with him is going to be how much money he can demand. That That's where... Uh, you know, good finishes versus bad finishes and, and missing races like this. I, I really think that's where you're going to see uh, an adverse effect is 
when he goes in and asks for X amount, they're going to say, well, you know, we're looking at this, you missed this race, and these races mm-hmm. didn't go so well. You know, we obviously want to keep you, but you know, I, honestly, we don't feel like it's worth more than this, you know. And, and he doesn't really have a ton of leverage at that point with the way it's gone. Uh, but, you know, you come out and win a race or two, and that completely changes, and there's this huge demand for him, and, yeah, you, and that flip-flops really quickly. If uh, you, but that's, that's the world of leverage. If you and your if you're Car- Canard and your agent, Bob Walker, maybe you say, hey, let's talk about this uh, near the end of the Nationals, and maybe you get some race wins. You know what I mean? I don't well, know. You just like, say, hey, you just stall him until he does well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you kind of, uh, he came close to going to Cowie two years ago, close he enough did. where he called he RV up. And said, uh, hey, you know, is it cool if I come over? And uh, RV was like, yeah, whatever, he didn't care. But came close to doing that. So, yeah, we'll see, Austin. We'll see what happens, man. All right. Do you uh, you want to you win one of his helmets? One of his replica helmets? Dude, that would be awesome, yeah. All right, you sound like a very good Trey Kennard fan. But you have to take the Kennard replica. You can't take Pike or Short. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah Kennard yeah. fan all the way, bro. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Stay on line. We'll, uh, you're the winner. Uh, the uh, Fly Race and F2 Carbon Helmet Kennard replica. Stay on the all line. Right. Tits will get your info. Sweet. Um. JT, you like Roxon to win this weekend? Do you have any particular reason why? Just it's time. You think it's going to happen? Um, I'm I'm not completely sold on it, uh, but I think it's it's very likely. Um, you know what? I I can't even say likely. I think Dungey is the best guy right now. <laughs> right. Uh, I did pick Roxon to win consistently all week, but how do you pick against Dungey right now? You know, I know I just did it, so I should have an answer, but I really don't have a logical reason. I'm just like, well, he's, he's so close and he's got to win here sometime. <laughs> but I, know. I, you know, if I was smart, if I, you know, the other, you know, guy on my shoulders tell me, are you stupid? You got to pick Dungey. So. I can't believe, I can't believe that, you know, this field coming into this year and all that talk and all that typing we did about this field and Dungey's making them all look like idiots. You know, yeah. God, he's just, you know, if, I think if Dungey's starts weren't so yeah. perfect right now, and he he wasn't so good at getting through the pack early, he just he's kind of taking away all the things that yeah. uh, made it made it tough for him to win at times. Uh, you know, his speed is there; he's arguably the fastest guy. I mean, he's he's getting pole position in practice at times. Uh, he never used you to know, get pole position. No, that, and, and it's funny because Burner, you know, Burner's been working for Chad with Chad for a while now. And Burner used to say when you know if Dungey would show up first on the on the lap chart, he's like, or on the on the pole thing there, yeah. he'd be like, oh boy, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's bad news for everybody. Uh, we had a question. Uh, the guy hung up, but his question about Andrew Short. Uh, maybe it was about when he's coming back. What do we know? How long till we see the twenty nine out there? Uh, it's supposed to be San Diego too. Okay, so, uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think he's riding today, and barring any setbacks, that's right. the plan. All right, Jordan, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, presented by Enfab. What's happening? Hello, Stephen. Um, I just wanted to remind you to um, send me the winners of the NFAB tickets so we can leave those at will call for them. Oh, yes, we will do that. No problem. We have not given them away yet, Jordan, but thank you for uh, your concern. Okay, thanks. JT, having a good hair day? Uh, It's all right. I would say average. Yeah, average to moderate. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to call Michael Rocco for the win, uh, 250, and Travis Preston for 125. So that's all I got. I think it's great. Thanks, Jordan. There's no way that that pull Travis Preston around. It's too big. Yeah, too big. Not going to happen, right? Uh, Mark, what's going on? You got a question for JT about getting into the pits. Yeah, JT being a former pro, um, I was I was thinking, do you think it'd be beneficial for the riders, and why? Would you, Do you think that they should close the – you know how they have the pits open where you can always get 
into the pits by buying a pass and so on and so on. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> he's aware of how the pits are open, Mark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, with the, in the old days, they didn't know open up the pits till after the races. Okay. And I want to know if he thinks that would be beneficial for the riders and why. It's not going to happen. Um, no, I think it's I think it's better now. Not not so much for the riders. To be honest with you, the riders don't really care. They're other clo- than trying to weave in and out of people to get to their truck. They close them at five thirty, right? Uh, six. Six. Okay. Twelve thirty to six yeah. now. Um, I I think it's you know the only reason they have the party in the pits, which is what it's called, is for sponsors. Uh, the teams need to have people in the pits to sell value to sponsors you know you're trying to get eyeballs on products and eyeballs on gear and eyeballs on motorcycles and all these things you know that the rch and bto and all these people are are running promos in their you know their pit area collecting emails and all this stuff that's that's all that is for um obviously it's for the fans too to add to the experience and all that but as far as a you know what is Feld trying to do for riders and teams? It's it's only that the riders. I mean, <laughs> to be quite honest, the autograph sessions and all that stuff are that's not a lot of fun for the riders when they're trying to focus on racing. Um, that's you know, exactly they do it and they why put a I'm smile on their face. Uh, yeah, but Mark, I love that. Mark, you're not, yeah, but Mark, Mark, you're, you're it's, it's, ever since I was a little kid. Uh, but I mean, from a rider standpoint, like you say, you're you're trying to do your job. You're trying to concentrate, do all this stuff. And I would, I just would think it might be beneficial to have that after the races. Uh, no, that's uh, not there, it's, it's too big of a business now. You know, the it's just there's just too much to it now with you know Monster and and like this weekend, take this weekend for example, Toyota has Jamie Bestwick jump backflipping in the parking lot, and there's just so much money involved in that just the pit experience now that I don't think we're ever going back to those days. Travis, what's going on? You got a question about Chad Reed? Yeah, I was curious. Do we know the talks that went down between JGR and Chad Reed before the beginning of the season? I don't think we really know. I think there was a call. Hey, what about me putting me on there? Uh, I'm going to let you go. Your phone sucks. I think there was a call about, hey, we're going to let you put you on there. But I don't think that. I think I think Coy Gibbs was like, we don't have room. And that's about it. Think it was any closer than that, JT? Uh, I don't know that it necessarily went down exactly how you say. Um. I think there was there was interest on both sides, regardless of what they would outwardly say, at some point. But I don't think it ever got very serious. Right, Ryan, what's going on? How are you, man? Doing good, guys. How are y'all? Good. What's happening? What's your question? I just want to know how long you guys think that uh, you know Dungey being on this you know just god awful streak going on just amazing. Uh, how long do you think he'll be able to stick to this program? And do you think he'll do you know like the Villapoto four years and? Called a career, or I've how do you some, think he's gonna? I've had some people, and I don't know if JT knows or if he, he's talked to anybody. I've had some people close to Ryan tell me that next year is it; it'll be his last year. Um, oh yeah, his deal's up, and uh, that'll be it. What do you know, JT? Do you think, or you know, it's interesting because I know, or I've been told <laughs> that uh, KTM made a, a really, really strong commitment to Ryan, uh, as long as Ryan wanted to be, you know, quotation marks the guy. Um, that they were going to stand behind him as the guy. You know, they weren't going to bring in um, a guy that was on the same, basically competing for the championship against him, mm-hmm. uh, which is what he had. You know, when Kenny was there, um, that's that's what I was. I've heard that they made that commitment to him when he signed his deal. So it'll be interesting to see because you know Ryan. Obviously, it's a huge commitment. How do how long does he want to do it? How long does KTM feel that Ryan can produce on this level? 
but but the way he's going right now, I mean, he's still pretty young. He's what twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think he has at least three or four years in him. And look at you know Chad Reed's thirty; he's going to be thirty four this year. Uh, so sky's the limit. I just think it'll be how long he actually wants to put this level of effort in, which is basically what we saw out of Carmichael and Bill Poto and all the guys before him. Yeah, no, that's uh, it, yeah. I never heard it like it's going to for sure, but I, that's what I've heard. Uh, he wants to do it one more year uh, next year, so we'll see. You know, it's you know, it's funny though is. It's really, really tough because I did it, and I know Chad's done it multiple times. Chad's told me at least three times, yep, I'm done after next year. Yeah. Right. Not the year we're in, but yeah, yeah, after yeah. next year. He's right. done that three times to me. And I think when you get into that year, you're like, eh, yeah. I don't really want to be done. Like, uh, I, I still like this. I like these you know? checks. And if, yeah. I, if I don't do this, what's next? And, and that has a funny way of extending years. So it'll be interesting to see if he holds to that. Also, too, Roxon's contract is up. There's really only, if he does not want to stay with RCH, there's only two places for him to go, KTM and Honda. <clears throat> so that's interesting. If, if, if you say KTM's made a commitment that they don't want to bring him back, because I've heard that he has talked to Pitt, Buyer. I, I, I so, think he probably has. That's what I've been told. You know, yeah. I, I, who knows the conversations that have gone on behind closed doors. And, and obviously KTM has to look at every scenario, regardless of what they told Ryan. What's Roxon, 21, 22? Uh, something like that. Yeah. And, and so. I know KTM was hot and heavy after Webb, or still maybe still is. I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, who knows? You know, yep. that would fly in the face of what that you know what I had said about Ryan if they're going after Webb. So thanks for your call, Ryan. Thank you. Hey, how many more uh, wins do you think he takes out the rest of the year? You think he beats his uh, eight? Oh, jeez. Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Uh, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Daniel, what's going on? You got a question about Glendale? Yeah, I just had a question about the track, a couple, actually. First one, how pumped are you guys to be out of those horrible pits that they had forever? I didn't mind. I liked them. I didn't mind, yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think it sucked for fans, but whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, because I went to Vegas quite a bit, and then when I was living down in Phoenix and the first time we went, it just, I don't know, I guess it didn't just didn't feel like the Supercross pits to me. My other question was, um, and I don't know how much dirt it takes versus a baseball stadium and a football stadium, but with these guys going outside the track, do they have to get more dirt this year, or do, or are they tailoring the track to make the dirt that they have stretch? JT, you actually talked a little bit to somebody at Feld about this dirt. Uh, it's the same dirt is what you found out. and uh... Uh, I think it was Weege oh, that had done okay. that. But basically, regardless of the info we had, that it was the same dirt. So they always add dirt, though. Um, here and there to the to the tracks over the years because it just gets taken out by via the the, the, the track build and the bikes and everybody else. So yeah, cool. I don't mind. Right the, on, thanks, I, don't, guys. I don't mind the track, and I certainly um, you know I, any stadium that has a TGI Fridays in it, good stadium for me. Yeah, that was a good option. Uh, you know this. You know this stadium's going to have awesome stuff. All yeah, the new ones yeah, too. it's new exactly. I'm looking forward to the good press box too and stuff and all that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. You want the NFAB Glendale Supercross tickets? Yep. Oh, you sound really pumped. It's good. It's good yeah. to hear. <laughs> you uh, all right? Where are you living? You live in Arizona? Yeah, I live in Phoenix. All right. And what do you? How do you feel about driving out to Glendale? You all right with that? Oh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because people in Phoenix tell me it's too far to go for Phoenix Coyote hockey games. Only half well, anywhere is too far to go for a hockey game. <laughs> Easy. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming from you. <laughs> so, all right, Ryan, stay on hold. Uh, Tits will get your uh, information, and uh, they'll be at will call for you under your name. All right, so stay on hold, man. 
right, thanks, guys. All right, and thanks to NFAB. Uh, Flyracing.com, great company, terrific guys. Uh, they've got a lot more than gear. Check them out on Flyracing.com. Mountain bikes, mountain bike equipment as well, and uh, tie-down stands, folding levers, bars, grips. Geez, anything you anything you can almost need, they got it. Besides, of course, top-of-the-line gear. And um, also NFAB, N-FAB.com, probably built in Houston, Texas, USA. And uh, cheap truck SUV parts, they've got them. And they're giving away some tickets today. We thank those guys for sure for coming on. And um, um, so we got Jason Thomas on the line from Fly Racing. Uh, 250 class, JT, we both uh, we both wrote a little thing for Racer X uh, this week. Cooper Webb lost the point series. I'm not worried about him getting it back in the sense that he is straight up caught and passed Christian Craig, Zach Osborne, Joey Savacci a couple of times, if not more. He's... The fastest guy in that class. Uh, Joey, good guy. He's got the red plate. Congrats to him. But I just, I still think this thing's webs to lose. Oh, I would agree. You know, I, uh, a couple of people say, you know, because uh, I said in our three-on-three column that uh, I think it is it is a reason to worry. Uh, you know, you go from a huge point lead to not being in the lead anymore. Of course you're going to worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he's still the best rider in the class. I firmly believe that. Uh, the biggest thing, it just took any room for error. You know, you can't have a first-turn crash or, uh, you know, you can't just uh, crash and break your lever or do anything stupid, or then you're really in a hole. So uh, before then, he had this big cushion, which um, thankfully he did because he, <laughs> he just used his mulligan yeah. uh, for the season. I am kind of worried, though, a little bit. Like, uh, like he's got a bit of an attitude out there. He always has, right? And he's a good mm-hmm. guy, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. Like, if he comes out this weekend, he's like, I'm going to destroy everybody. I'm going to show them I'm so mad. That could lead to a mistake. He's just got to do what he's been doing, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what you're going to see, though, because it's not like yeah, yeah, no. it was his bad or, like, he crashed or he got passed in the last turn or something, you know, where he's going right. to be just so pissed off. Yeah, yeah. He was winning the race, you know, and, and I don't think anybody would argue that he was going to win the race, even though Joey kept him honest. So I don't think he, he should have any reason to just go out there all crazy-eyed. You know, I, I just think he's going to go out there and try to try to regain the points lead and do what he did because he was going to, you know, he was going to win again, and he can't really control what happened with his bike. If you had to pick a guy to challenge him from, the, from here on out, um, out of those three guys I named, I think we can all agree that Christian Craig and Zach Osborne and Joey Savacci would be – the next guys, who do you think is going to give him the most trouble? Osborne started strong, and right. you know, crashed obviously in uh, in Oakland. And Craig's won some heat races over Christian, and that dueled with him for a few laps at A two. And of course, Joey won this weekend. I, I'm going to say Joey uh, only because I think he gained a lot of confidence this past weekend. Not so much in the fact that he won, because I think he more than anyone realizes that you know he got a gift handed to him. But he was he was staying there, you know. Uh, Cooper wasn't just riding away from him like he had done to everyone else at various points of the season. So that's going to be the interesting thing: is is can he ride that wave of confidence, or can Cooper come in and kind of crash the party and and uh, you know make Joey realize who the dominant rider is again? You know, I think there will be a struggle for uh, reclaiming that that position as mm-hmm. far as uh, you know the king of the class. 702-586-7857. Give us a call here. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Uh, JT, the um, former AMA to be the Supercross and Motocross champion and 125 national champion, is uh, proving to be getting hard to get a hold of Jeff Emig, so you have to stay on the line. All hopefully, right. hopefully you weren't planning on eating lunch or anything. No, no, I'm good. Um, Moose Scan um, obviously got a third. That was great for him. And um, 
he got the start and he ran well. Some people were upset about him cross jumping. I didn't really see it on that track. We know he's done it in the past. Do you think this is something that where Marvin takes the next step up? We'll see. You know, I think he's gotten better and better. I just don't necessarily think that third place is his spot yet. Uh, I think it was it was more of the abnormal than what we're going to see every weekend. You know, I do think he'll be in that, you know, five to eight. Um, that, that I think that's where he fits in right now. I just think, you know, the start worked out, the track worked out uh, to his favor where he's a highly technical guy and, and that was a highly technical track where you had to kind of let the track come to you uh, and not make a big mistake where, you know, mistakes were commonplace. So I think this, this weekend's track is going to be a little bit more of a struggle because I think it's going to be on the easier side and I don't think that favors him. Uh, so even with a good start, I, I expect to see him more in that fifth, fifth or sixth spot. But, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you look yeah. at who was getting fifth and sixth last weekend. Those are legit guys, you know. So who, um, Who's been better on the BTO Sports KTM team? I think both Davey Millsaps and Justin Braden have been good, probably better than we thought, slightly. Who's mm-hmm. been better, though? It's hard. It's a hard call when you really look at their stats, which is what I was breaking down yesterday a little bit. Like, you know, Tomac Brayton's got some wins in the heats and semi semi race wins and some better main event finishes. But Millsap has crashed twice and shown an ability to come through the pack really fast. And of course, right. he led a few laps at at, at the at the A two. So, what do you think? Yeah, I would, I would have to say Millsap's. Um, you know the. He won the uh, the heat race straight up at A2 and then led for a bit, uh, finished seventh, which is, you know, the best finish um, of them. Uh, and then, I, you know, this past weekend, he would have beaten Justin again uh, had it not been for the last lap deal with Pike, which, you know, he just basically got caught up in that crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you take it in the overall picture, you know, I think it's, it's fairly close. But I think Millsaps has, has had more flashes of brilliance there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his ceiling is a bit higher than what we've seen from Justin thus far. Are you surprised at Davey? I honestly am, am surprised he hasn't done better. I think the two crashes have diminished because he should be seventh in points. If you, you know, even, yeah. even if you take the one crash, last lap crash out of this weekend, he's seventh in points. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, I think he's going to have some top five finishes. Um, I think, you know, what we saw at A2 is going to be more prevalent. Uh, he just got a few issues to work out here and there, but I, I think his ceiling is really high. He's just got to work on putting everything together. You spent a lot of time with those guys. Obviously, you used to ride for them forever, and now you have the BTO Sports VIP program, uh, which people can get on if they want as well by uh, going to the website. What's been his mood? How, how's his mood around the truck? How's his uh, testing? And, and uh, is he freaking out over bikes or stuff? Or is he he's got the air suspension on, of course? How, how's his overall demeanor from what you've seen? You know what's crazy is I think Davey's gotten a tough reputation uh, from you know teams he's been on and and uh, in the media for being difficult to work with. Uh, and I, I can honestly say, and I think Forrest would echo this to the, you know, the nth degree is that he has been incredibly easy to work with. Uh, he's been really, really, you know, uh, cooperative with like, uh, say for instance, the WP suspension guys, Mm -hmm. um, his, his attitude in the truck is really, really good. Um, so, you know, it's my first time I've known Davey since he was four years old, but it's my first time really working with him or being around him on race day per se. 
uh, and I, I've been blown away. Uh, I couldn't be more impressed. I couldn't be more happy with what I've seen. And, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think the expectations are so high and the salary are, is high. Or, so he doesn't have all these people just saying, like, you've got to do this, you got to do that. I just think everyone's like, hey, man, let's, let's, let's try to do it. You know, let's, let's do everything we can to try to do as good as we can and, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, and and he looks like that in the truck. He doesn't look stressed out. He doesn't look nervous. He do, he just looks like he wants to try as hard as he can. So well, you know, and I thought a good thing to say. And I thought last year he was the number one guy in on the Monster Energy Cowie team with with RV leaving. Mm-hmm. He was sick early on. I was talking to him about it. He was like, I can't tell anybody I'm sick. And they they uh, you know this and that and the bike and like he was in the number one spot. And I think he of course we can you know we we know what happened later on with the getting fired and all that. But until then. He was in a number one spot, and I think that was getting to him a little bit. Like, the results weren't there. He seemed grouchy. He was pointing fingers. Um, right. Cowie guys weren't pumped on him. It wasn't a good deal, as we obviously saw him getting canned you know, halfway through the year, three-quarters way through the year. But like, like you said, no pressure, no salary. Yeah. He's whatever you can do, you can do, and he's throbbing. Well, you look at the, the shoes he came in and had to fill last year. That's a tough spot. You, know? you mm-hmm. come in on the heels of four titles in a row. Uh, you know, Monster expects the same result. You know, whether they you realistically should is a different story. Uh, but people, you know, people at Kawasaki, people at Monster that aren't necessarily inside the industry and don't understand how these things work are like, oh man, we're, we're you know, we should yeah, yeah. let's win again. You right, know? And right, right. That wasn't all that realistic, I didn't think. You know, maybe you know, podium finishes and all that. But for Davey to come in after sitting out a whole year and to come in and, and do what Ryan did. I, I mm-hmm. don't think anybody that knows really expected that. So I, th- yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a. It's just a different, completely different scenario this year, uh, where everyone, you know, there, there's not any pressure. Everyone's just kind of like, hey, let's let's do the best we can here, and and we know you're capable. We know all this, but you know, there's not any, there's not all these. Uh, yeah. There's not a bunch of money riding on either. You know, if you if if this thing doesn't work out, you know, Forrest isn't going to jump off a cliff. Yeah. Um, it's just we're trying to you know trying to get you back to where you used to be. Add and plus and then you add in all that. You add in like a, a good mental state of mind, and you add in what he's got for talent on a motorcycle, which we've all seen that. So you. Oh, so like, without like a, doubt. a nice combo, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and he came in healthy this year, which is yeah for him first too. Time he's right. done that in a long time, yeah. you know. So, um, all right, JT, we got we got Jeff Emig on the line, so we're gonna let you go. Thanks for uh, pinching while Fro was out at Milestone a little bit, and um, and we will see you at Glendale, buddy. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, all right, let's go right into our next guest. He's multi-time AMA Supercross Motocross Champion, color analyst for Sp- Fox Sports and Fox Sports One of the uh, Monster Energy Supercross Series. Jeff Emig, what's up, Fro? Hey. Uh, just getting some work done. Sorry, I uh, yeah, no problem. didn't pay my cell phone bill, and I realized <laughs> that my cell phone had shut off. So yeah, no, no um, problem. I had the wife call. It was a whole big ordeal. I'm Be- sorry for uh, better a little bit of fro on. than no fro. So let's get started. Uh, Eli Tomac, a guy you know well, uh, rides for the, your old team, of course, uh, your old team manager. Is while well, you're Sternstrom's still there. You're very familiar with the team and, and Tomac and everything else. He won there last year, but he won at a different stadium. Same dirt, different stadium. Does that help him at all from a racer as far as, like we were just talking to Thomas, uh, we had devoted a little bit to Eli. I'm not worried for Eli Tomac. He's gone four 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 seven, But I'm starting to wonder when he's coming back. Does this help him uh, coming into this weekend knowing he's won in Phoenix before? Well, as a rider, you, you, you uh, try to grab at every little bit of, 
confidence and positive vibes that you can, uh, you know, hold on to. And if his thoughts are that, like I've won in Phoenix before, then great. It probably has more to do with he felt good that day. Maybe he excels on that type of dirt. He likes that type of dirt. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say that I'd say that with four rounds in the books, he should have the bike figured out by now, and he should be in a place where you know he he should be riding like he did at uh, round three. You know, in Anaheim, mm-hmm. he should be right. around that area each and every race. But last last week was a big setback. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit. I'm, I don't, I don't know. You would think he would excel on a track like that, but you know, I and I also I too, do. Yeah, I I I I mentioned his name in our uh, uh, broadcast meetings about when the track gets really rutted and soft and and uh, sketchy like that. I really feel like that Eli excels, but mm-hmm. um, and because he he had won in Oakland before. On a, on a 250, mm-hmm. there was uh, I forget which year it was where he was he had won I think every race up to that point on a 250 and then ended up on his noggin, you know he walked off but right uh, so he had always done really well there so that was a bit of a setback. Um, I want to talk to you about Anderson a little bit. Obviously a one winner. Um, the last three weeks he's come around 11th, 12th, and 12th after the first round. His starts have not been there. You were always a great starter. I don't know how much you've looked at his starts or how much you've talked to anybody around the team about his starts. Talk about Anderson's starts, what you've seen, and then how how do you fix that? How do you become a better starter, Fro? Because and actually, I should have asked you that when I was, when I was Ferry's mechanic because we could have used your help back then yeah. too. But well, did we work together? Oh, that was when he was on Cowie. Yeah, Cowie. Yeah, and you had retired. You had hung up the wrenches. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, you traded your wrench for a, a pen and a keyboard, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So. And now, and now you found your place. So, <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, you know, the starts have to do with confidence and belief, and just having a strict routine, and developing that routine to where that every time, no matter how many distractions or what's happening, you you ride off of instinct, and that's why, you know, whether it's a, a you know a musician or a soccer player or a motorcycle rider, uh, the you know, you, you, you if you really did a case study mm-hmm. on some of the best athletes in the world, very rarely were they just, oh, yeah, this guy just is all of a sudden new and, um, you know, he just all of a sudden has it. Right. It's uh, developed, you know, it's developed over, over time. And so the, the thing about starts and what I teach when we do the Ricky Carmichael universities and I teach these amateur racers – about starts is like, okay, here's the foundation of it. And if you do this part right, and you make this part instinctual, then then you have that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that I would venture to say that some of these guys, I know I talked to Roxon earlier a couple of weeks ago, and he had switched up some things in his starting technique. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me, you right. know? Right. Because now you're thinking, not doing, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's an issue. Yeah, it's, it's it's he's. I think Anderson's been fast enough to, I don't know about beat Dungey, but challenge Dungey. Certainly challenge Kenny. Just can't get off the line right now. Yeah. Um, yep. This guy's been on hold for you for a long time. He's been waiting for specifically to ask you a question. Jay, here Jeff Emig oh, is on the line. So uh, what do you got for for Fro? Yeah. All right. Thanks for taking the question, guys. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> um, well, 
For as much bagging as the uh, whole community has done on track design in the past few years, I feel like the first four tracks have been outstanding for racing. So here's the thought. Outside the box, thinking, right, Steve, you always complain about the lack of dirt being uh, the reason for the lack of obstacles. Mm -hmm. So with the over-under bridge being a steel structure as a base, why don't they use more steel structures as a base for some of these cookie-cutter obstacles that you see on every track? What are the pros and cons there? What do you think, Fro? What about using some, you know, or even metal ramps or something? We've seen that at McGrath Race and this and that to try to, you know, save some dirt. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the metal ramps, but uh, I do like the use of the over-under. You know, I grew up watching Supercross and going to Amateur Day back in the early 80s, right? The over-under was Mm -hmm. like when I was a kid, it was like Mount St. Helens. (laughs) <laughs> um, I actually rode Amateur Day in the Astrodome in 79, so oh, I'm Jesus. dating myself there. Um, so I would be all about that. Um, you know, it's about getting those structures around, and, and I mean, if you look at what's happened in Supercross over the last 5, 10, 20 years, how many more <clears throat> uh, structures and everything they bring yeah. to uh, the stadium floor, uh, you know, I think that's pretty impressive, but I, I mean, I voiced my opinion on the broadcast many times about how I'm not a big fan of, like, the rhythm sections, right? Um, I, I don't like how it's like a, uh, like a, uh, like a, it's like a, it's like a certain speed to go through it, right. right? If you do it the same way, everybody does it the same way. So it's not like an acceleration braking type thing where you can out accelerate or out brake a guy to make a pass. Normally it has to do with, either doing the rhythm section right or doing it in a different jump sequence, right? Right. So, um, you know, it's you uh, yeah. Yeah. riders will always complain about the track. That's all there is to it. Uh, you know, I'm convinced. <laughs> yeah. So. I loved, hey, I loved Anaheim 2 track. I loved it. Wrote about it, talked about it. Terrific track. We had a quad that only Tomac was doing. Reed doing the three three. You could wheel tap it. We saw some dudes do that. We saw just it was a terrific track. Great track. Yeah. So to me, uh, thanks Jeff. Thanks for your call, man. All right, thanks guys. Another thing to think of, like yep. you you touched on too, Jeff. The over under isn't used that much, and I've been told because it's very expensive to transport around and all that. And if you start adding steel bases to jumps, that's more trucks on the road and. Perhaps Fell doesn't want to, you know, like you touched on a little bit, that's another expense about carrying everything around on top of the beast, the manager's tower, everything else that goes involved, which is a massive structure each and every week. So you got a point. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, that's it? Yeah, that's it. We're wrapping that's up. It. It's, it's one-hour show. 1500 bucks for that, and you're going to pay me 1500 bucks <laughs> for nine minutes? Ah, you know what? You're worth it. It was terrific, terrific radio. <laughs> so make sure uh, if you throw it in this week, it's it's not a, it's the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, for all I, not just a call-in show. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Wait, you're, you're, you're busting my balls. What can I do here, man? No, nah, I'm kidding. What can I do? People were very angry, and I'm like, what's he supposed to say? But the poor yeah, yeah. Well, comment, so. I mean, I like the show. Uh, you know, I like having the interaction with the fans and the call-ins and all that. And I mean, we even have some pretty good conversation between the two of us. So yeah, I appreciate being on. No, th- thank you. Uh, and we'll see you this weekend in Glendale, man. Thanks. Uh, all right. All right. Jeff Ebeg, everybody. It's been Fly Racing Motor 60 Show for another week, presented by NFAB, flyracing.com, and dashfab.com. Tits. Yeah. I thought you were stellar today behind the uh, phones there. I really appreciate that. I, I was trying extra hard today.
That's good because Travis has his eye on you. <laughs> he's coming does. for you. You know, he's my friend, but apparently he's uh, done it for my job. So, yep. what do you do? All right, we'll see you uh, next Thursday right here. Same time, same place. Thanks, everybody. I was born in